Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the CX Goalkeeper Podcast. Your host, Greg, will have smart discussions with friends, experts, and thought leaders on customer experience, transformation, and leadership. Please follow this podcast on your preferred platform. I am sure you will enjoy the next episode with the guest I selected for you. This episode is brought to you by Messente. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the next episode of the CX Goalkeeper podcast. I'm very thrilled today because I'm going to discuss with Uko Tomikas from Messente uh, all about this technology and the value that the Messente can bring to the customer. And therefore, let's really kick off this discussion. Today's top player is Uku. Uku, could you please introduce yourself? Yes, yeah, so my name is Uku Domikas. I am the CEO and shareholder of Messenza Communications. Um, as a person uh, and as a CEO in everything I do, I, I consider myself a grinder. For example, this is actually a very moment, momentous day for me in a way because um, to illustrate how I'm a grinder, today was the 1,000th day in a row that I did yoga every single morning. So for 1,000 days in a row, every single day, I've I've practiced yoga and, and gotten there. And I think that that's kind of the best description of my personal values as well. It's that consistent persistence in doing things over and over and over again that drives real results in the long run. It's not about the fast sprint you do. It's not about the week that you burn yourself out. It's day after day, year after year, hitting those marks and hitting those tasks that you need to do that get a business there. And um, it's the same thing in my professional life. I've had a very, very career. I've been um, a military commander. I've been a high school teacher, a volunteer your firefighter. I've sold almonds in a street cart on the streets of Tallinn in green tights and curled up shoes. So I've, I've been through it all. And I started in Macenta as a junior salesman seven years ago. Uh, I was an SDR, not even a, a, an account manager, but started as an SDR, just finding clients. And through seven years, I've worked myself up from, from that position day in, day out to the CEO and shareholder of that very same company today. So that's, that's who I am. I'm a hard worker, a grinder, to consider myself not very talented, but an ability to consistently learn and help in perspectives of leadership, strategy, sales, etc. So um, that's me in a nutshell, in a way. I would say congratulations for, for your, your background. The big question that I would have is now is, do you have time also to sleep? <laughs> yes, that's a question I very often get. That's actually one of the things I prioritize. So um, I've done a few sort of presentations on the topic as well of, of, of building persistence and doing things like that. And uh, the main principle that I always talk about and always give people in this regard as well is that it's not important how much you do, it's that you do. Like that's the most important thing. Five minutes is enough. Like you can do a half an hour tomorrow if you only have time for five minutes today. But it's very important to also rest and make sure that you don't burn out. Because I've already gone through burnout once. And that was specifically for that reason of trying to do everything at maximum at the same time. And it just isn't sustainable. Sometimes it's more important to just find joy in doing little, you know, I'm still a volunteer firefighter, but I don't have the time to go on call because the calls are like 12 hour calls, for example, I don't have the time for it, but I help with things like sometimes event organization. I help with, you know, the communication within the actual organization. I help facilitate emergency alerts through, through Macenta as well. So there are ways you can contribute without needing to do the maximum, 
but you're still a part of it. You're still contributing. You're still, still making something better. So it's important to find ways how you can contribute um, and then make it work with your time. I also have two small kids and I train myself and et cetera, et cetera. So there's a million things to do simultaneously, but it's more important that I focus on getting a little bit out of everything and focusing on my main things more rather than trying to do maximum everywhere, burning out, being a, you know, part of my friends, but a shitty husband, a shitty father and a shitty business uh, leader at the same time, right? You know, pick few and be good at those. And, and what you're saying is extremely interesting because everybody of us has a lot of different roles in our lives, father, businessman, friend, and so on. But then the thing that we always need to keep care, we need to care about are our values. And perhaps which values drive you in life? Persistence. Um, the main, I, I usually, I'm not a big fan of quotes, but there's one that I even have a, a snippet of a tattoo on my arm right here, which is press on, which is, Persistence and determination alone are omnipotent. Nothing in the world can take the place of persistence. That's the first thing. The second thing is honesty. No, honesty is always the best policy. Honesty can hurt. Honesty can be painful. Honesty can be uncomfortable. But it's always the best principle. In business especially, instead of trying to sell somebody on something that you don't have or you know, try to mask things that are even if you mess up, just say you did. Most people will respect you more when you're honest and when you say you make mistakes because no one expects you to be perfect, but people expect you to be honest. So honesty is the second thing. And the third thing is being courageous. And the expression of that, the practical expression of that is saying yes. If someone comes up to you with a proposition, hey, do you want to speak about this? Hey, do you want to try this thing? Do you want to go climbing? Do you want to go golfing? Do you want to go knitting? Whatever, right? Just say yes. Try it. Try it. Be courageous enough to try things for the very first time and you will see so much more light come into your life as well. So many more experiences that builds you into a much more stronger, more courageous, and um, a more multifaceted person in a way. So those those three things, persistence, honesty, and courage are my main three values for myself specifically. Very, very interesting. Persistence, honesty, and courage. I think these are also the values that you leverage to create uh, Mesente. You are the CEO of Mesente. Let's introduce what you are doing. What's your value proposition at Mesente? Uh, Mesenta is a business messaging company. What we do is help companies deliver their business critical communication. Say you are a parcel delivery company. Say you're DHL, who, we, who you work with as well, um, and you send parcel delivery notifications. You buy something off Amazon, you want it into a parcel locker, and we send that notification for them. What happens there is the alternative cost of an undelivered SMS is super high. Because if a person doesn't pick up that package, it's brought into reprocessing and they have to go through all of that process and send it out again. The extra cost of that is usually about, you know, in Europe, it's about 50 euros per package, per single package. And they send hundreds of thousands of packages every month, which means hundreds of thousands of messages every month. And if you can improve the delivery rate of those messages by just 1%, get it to a thousand more people, that's a thousand more packages delivered and times that by the amount what you're saving, 50,000, 60,000 euros of actual value gain. So it's less about the, the cost of the tool and more about the value that you can bring. And we focus on making sure that the delivery is super, super high 
And that's why we also work in Estonia and globally as well with a lot of different companies in, in the financial services departments, uh, unicorns like Verif, for example, who are in the, know your customer scene, um, cybersecurity companies, logistics companies, anybody where that's important. That throughout the ages has led us to the point where yesterday I was uh, at a meeting with the Estonian Banking Association's anti-fraud group, because in the Estonian market, we're helping banks fight messaging fraud and taking a lead in that, working with operators, the Estonian police, the banks, trying to make sure that this channel is kept as clean and as honest as possible, right? So that's what we do. We're a very much hands-on company focused on helping our customers, helping the industry, making it as clean and as safe and as anti-fraud as possible, while simultaneously delivering a very very reliable and very secure service for business messaging needs. So your client communication can be as effective as possible, but simultaneously, not just making sure that, you know, when you work with us, your business is good, but also we're protecting your interest outside of that to making sure that other malicious actors aren't using your name, abusing your clients and doing that. So for us, that's also important. It's not just the work that we do together, but what we can do in the industry for you and how we can protect and advocate for your interests within this industry and this business messaging scene. I think security, as you mentioned, is the foundation of trust, creating trust, trustful relationship. And as a normal person, I am always using messaging platforms. And therefore, was would be my, my next questions. As a human being in the human-to-human -human interactions, I always use messaging platforms. And um, now also companies in the B2C world are, are using that. What, what's your view? What's are the development there? So a lot more companies are seeing the value in that. Uh, unfortunately, there are still less companies using business messaging for their client communication than there probably should be. We're only talking about 5 to 7% of the companies in the world are using business messaging as a part of their client communication sort of infrastructure or the way they do it. And quite often, the problem is that companies see it from an angle of it's either this or that, either use email or use text messaging, or I'll use a chat app or something like that. But in truth, these days, you should be talking to your clients in an omni-channel way, be where your clients are. But we're seeing a transition into that. So I'll draw you an example from Pakistan, which is one of my most interesting case studies where clients are, and the clients in this case are banks, for example, who we work with. They are moving away from using their native apps, so a banking app, and moving on to WhatsApp because you can do basic banking through a WhatsApp chat now. You'll have an official chat with your actual customer through your WhatsApp account, and they can do basic banking there. And what this means is that banks no longer have the additional costs of driving people to use their app, nor have the app maintenance cost, etc. They can do basic banking, and then they can do basic customer interactions through a messaging platform that's already on everybody's phone anyways. You know, WhatsApp has an immense market penetration and what's in, in Pakistan, you know, pretty much everybody has that, right? And there are more markets like that. So we're seeing a transition into using business messaging on a much more broader scale for customer communication and using it in many different instances to make it as successful as possible. And, and I think what you're saying, it's extremely interesting because I have on my mobile phone more than 50 apps. I don't know which one. <laughs> And uh, I remember only when they are con 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 connecting with me, trying to contact, to contact me. But at the end, one of the apps that I use the most are the messaging, the messaging apps. And if I can do my business there, I know how it works. I, I know 
everything there and therefore I can move myself extremely quickly and not in a, every time in a different app where everybody's thinking it's the best UI possible but it's different from the others and everybody uh, every times I need I need uh, to to adapt mm-hmm. I, I think you leverage already one one great example let's a bit understand understand a bit better the, the power of your platform could you please uh, share how you leverage your your platform for your uh, customers so what we help them do is create a single point of contact, usually an API, uh, for them to be able to send to anywhere in the world. Say you're um, a bank within the north of Europe, you probably have six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 markets, or you're a company like Verif that works in 197 markets. Instead of trying to find an aggregator in every market or working with every operator in every market, you have a single API that you can then distribute customer communication to everywhere in the world. And what we then do is when we leverage the analytics and the reporting we see on our side and combine it with the CR data that the client sees, and then we show them, okay, so adjust this here. We can maybe probably make the content better here. We can probably adjust the URL to make sure that it's better whitelisted though, so it goes through. So we do a lot of hands-on work with the clients to ensure that they're getting the maximum out of this channel as well. So this is the hands-on approach that we take. So they're using the platform to deliver to everywhere in the world as reliably as possible. And then we use our knowledge and our expertise within this field to then advocate and make them, you know, more successful in the business that they do, but then also help them on the anti-fraud front, you know, using their, what we know their template is and seeing anything that tries to use anything similar or tries to use their name for it, will blacklist it, will advocate with other providers and other operators to blacklist it as well. So it's, it's all of that. Plus, one of the coolest vehicles that we've used uh, for uh, one of the bigger sort of new up-and-coming financial service providers in Estonia, that's more of like a neobank these days, um, they have 40 markets where they actively work in. And they want to send OTP codes, pretty much transactional confirmations for, for downloading the app and creating an account, but for certain transactions as well. And to do so, um, we built a custom vehicle where usually in the messaging scene, if you want to launch a market like even a market like Hungary, for example, or Bulgaria, or if you want to launch a market like Saudi Arabia, the registration process is super lengthy because they require a lot of documents. They require you to sometimes have a physical entity there. They require so much more in order to actually get you going that a process of I want to launch 40 markets takes six months just for, for purely documentation side. So what we did was we created a specific piece of you know software a, piece, a tool for ourselves then we registered it globally so we created a global brand for ourselves that works across any messaging app most of the major ones at least and any market in terms of sms as well which means that if you want to start sending business critical otps tomorrow you can do so globally and that speeds up the time for any business that actually wants to get going. And for them, it meant that instead of waiting six months to launch a new market, they just tell us, hey, we want to launch, you know, Vietnam tomorrow. It's like, cool, we'll set it up for you. Usually it would take months upon months to do so. So we can also speed up the flow of client communication, help companies launch faster because a big part of launching any market is customer communication. You might have the database, you might have the contacts, how are you going to reach them? How are you going to engage with them? How do you get them going? And this is where we help them getting going as fast as possible as well. Uh, it's extremely interesting. 
only for information for for the audience otp one time password only that everybody's aware of of this uh, shortening of this of this of these words i think it's extremely interesting what what you're saying because speed is a key differentiator differentiator nowadays everybody has a new idea and then it needs to bring it quick on on the market and this plat this platform it's it's really interesting and helpful to launch in the different markets perhaps seeing that from the customer point of view it means the, the c of the b2c and uh, mm -hmm. basically, uh, and you have international experience with a lot of countries. You mentioned Asia, you mentioned Europe. I'm sure you're also active in the USA. And um, mm -hmm. there, uh, how are the customer reacting on these messages when they are getting the messages? Is this something that they want to use? How do, you, how, how do they react? And perhaps we have also some hints how to increase the uh, engagement rate on that. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of fun stats about business messaging. One of my favorite ones, of course, is that um, the recent recent research done by Forrester was that more than 70% of customers expect companies to be able to talk to them via messages, via business messaging, right? Um, there are things to be aware of. Email is an SMS. It works differently. It also works significantly more effectively if you use it well. We're seeing CTR rates anywhere, so click-through rates of anywhere between 19 and 45%, sometimes even above, um, compared to just in comparison to 3% on Google Ads. And then if you take into consideration cost per click, cost per click, considering average messaging prices in the world, is anywhere between $0.10 cents and $0.40 cents per click. And on Google Ads, it's between 2 and $4.00. Or click. So you're talking about a tool that if you just put the math into it, it's nine times more effective and 15 times cheaper, right? So in that sense, it's a tool that makes a lot of sense. Customers do expect you to be able to facilitate customer communication through that, but it is something that you have to be careful with. You cannot oversaturate. The main reason that people unsubscribe, interestingly enough, is not because they didn't opt in in the first place. Only 16% of people opt out of business messaging because they didn't opt in in the first place. 74% opt out because you're sending too much. There's a limit. So most business practices will say that, especially if you're doing more promotional content as compared to transactional content, that they already expect and are used to, and promotional content should be not more than about four to two, two to four times per month, not more than that. And you have to make sure that every single time you communicate with your client through business messaging, you're delivering value. But these days, SMS has a very strong stat, for example, 98% um, open rate within the five minutes, massive. But customer experience and how people are interacting with those messages is also changing. One of the things that has changed a lot is previously we would look into the message and we'd click on it, but these days we glance. We'll pull down the notification bar and we'll see what it actually says, which means that the hook of that customer communication, whatever you're trying to do, needs to be within the space of that notification bar. That needs to be your hook. So you need to be aware of these types of things in business messaging as well to make it as effective as possible to understand how it works. It needs to be very short, very to the point and segmented as well. Like I'll draw an example. If you're a, a B2B company instead of a B2C company, like mostly everybody talks about B2C uses in business messaging, but it's usable in B2B as well. Let's say that you're a company that um, delivers, delivers some sort of a software as a product or you're a SaaS company and you are launching a new product that is specifically designed for one of the customer buying portfolios that you have, say marketers, 
If you have that portfolio, they've expressed interest in this piece of tool set, then they've seen value in this before. Why not communicate it by a text message that, hey, this thing is live. Here's a link. Go check it out type of a deal. So it's very useful, but it, it's important to understand that it needs to be value-driven. Communication needs to be value-driven. And value isn't just a, a discount. Value is the information you provide. Value is the actual real client impact you give. Just because you give a discount doesn't mean that it's, it's value. And then it's also in discounts and understanding how you give discounts. Because depending on the size of the average invoice or the average purchase you see from, from your customers, you need to take into consideration is a, a dollar discount more effective or a percentile discount. So uh, 10 euros off versus 10% off. Which one of those two is more effective in the client perspective? You know, if it's if your average purchase is say fifty euros, then probably ten euros off is more effective than ten percent off. But if it is two hundred euros, then ten euros is probably less effective than let's say five percent because you already calculated in your head what would be the most effective one. So it's this idea of understanding specifically how to drive this customer communication, and then that that's where this hands-on approach comes into play. Most companies don't know all of these stats, don't know all of these nuances to customer communication, but you need to advise them and help them to make the most out of this channel. And then it is supremely effective. It's it's super interesting what you're saying. And to make it a bit more, even more tangible for, for the mm -hmm. audience, do you have perhaps uh, an example or a um, case that you can share with us uh, what you implemented that was extremely successful? One of the best things we've ever done that has helped with um, conversion rate, specifically getting clients to convert more, has been the advocacy to not use, because most companies want to use short links and messaging, because since you're paying essentially for every character, and when you go over 160, you're paying for two messages, everybody uses shorteners. And most go for tiny URL, most go for bit.ly, go for stuff like that. But the problem with those is that those are very little trusted because those are also used for scams. So one of the first things that we started teaching companies is use branded short links in your communication whenever you do. Make it sure it's associated with your brand. Make sure that it's always homogenous, that you're not switching up links, that you're not trying to do everything else. Your links these days are also a part of your brand because people need to trust the content you're delivering. So that has been one of the first things that we've always advocated towards people having. And the second very, very specific use case is we have a client who works in Bulgaria and Vietnam. Interestingly enough, they seem to be quite similar markets for them. And in Bulgaria and Vietnam, Viber is a very popular chat app to use. Not WhatsApp, not Messenger, Facebook Messenger. They mainly use Viber for, for communication between each other. And they used to use SMS for their marketing purposes, essentially having a campaign. And we suggested, why not go over to Viber? Viber is a more rich channel. Uh, people are there more. They're kind of more used to that channel in their everyday communication. So why not switch up to Viber? On Viber, you can do more fancy stuff as well. You can do carousels, you can send videos, media, have call to action buttons instead of just links to click. So it's more interactive. And when they did a head-to-head -head comparison between a Viber campaign and then an SMS campaign that were quite similar in their effect, not even having all the bells and whistles on the rich communication side, they saw a 
three times higher conversion rate, pure conversion rate compared to SMS. That already has a high conversion rate in terms of you know bringing clients on board and actually getting those promotions to be effective, but then getting a 3x increase on a rich channel because it was used correctly. And so that's one of the bigger success stories we've had. And that's what we always reference as well. You know, go rich first. Uh, for example, markets such as uh, Saudi Arabia for us are WhatsApp first. So we always go deliver WhatsApp first, every message, whether it's an, a one-time passcode or a reminder or a transaction or a promotional message, we will deliver it WhatsApp first because that's where people are used to being. And then if they happen to not have a WhatsApp account, we'll switch it over to using SMS. And that again, uh, for especially for use cases where you're trying to get dormant clients to start using the app again, so reactivization essentially, for those using rich communication has been two to four times more effective than using just business messaging, which already is very effective in getting dormant clients to come back to your app, come back to actually using your service. So those are a few of the sort of more practical use cases that we've seen where real success has been seen by taking these proactive steps and building the business and customer communication through that angle. Thank you very much. Um, as a CEO of Mesente, um, which are the one, two, three key learnings that you would like to share with, with companies? Hmm, that's a good one. Um, first, don't be afraid to use messaging and customer communication use it. It's a super vital tool and a very, very effective tool in using it. So do try it. Second, learn how to use that tool as effectively as possible for every use case where it is. Business messaging has a variety of places where you can put it in your customer lifecycle between, you know, sign up greetings, reminders, appointment reminders, payment reminders, promotions, one-time passcodes, transactional confirmations, whatever. There are a whole host of places you could use it. So try around the different places and see where it might have the biggest effect for you. So effectively A-B test. Thirdly, go rich first. Use rich messaging. Everybody these days expects the customer experience to be varied, to be easy, to be engaging. To do so, rich channels are more effective because they create a more appealing experience for the customer at the other end. And even if you think that, for example, a OTT platform might not have a large reach in a market, say that you know Viber only has 30% reach or WhatsApp only has 20% reach. Think of it from this perspective. Even small TV channels get ads and their market penetration is significantly lower than 20 to 40%. But even they get ads, and even that's effective. So think of what you could do with 20 to 40% market share from that front as well. So those are my three things. Don't be afraid to use it. Use it as much as possible. Find the places where it's most effective and play around with it. Test it and go rich first. I think those are the three things that I would give as takeaways for people. Thank you very much. This discussion, this game is coming to an end. We are in the extra time, and I still have three questions for you. Mm -hmm. Is there a book that you would like to suggest to the audience that helped you during your career or during your personal life? My favorite book of all time that I always suggest to everybody is uh, Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman and Igor Traversky. It is one of the best books in terms of understanding how you think and what are the mistakes you make in thinking. Um, you know, sunken cost fallacy, for example, is always one of my favorite ones per, uh, or uh, the other one, the other principle that I always come back to is um, what you see is all there is, 
in another words, what you don't know, you don't know. So broadening your horizons is what makes you make better decisions because you always think you know everything, but you don't, you're missing a lot of stuff. So that book is something that I always recommend to absolutely everybody to, to read, to reread. I read it at least once a year to make sure that I'm still reminding myself of those concepts and making sure that I apply them to my personal life and business life as well. Thank you. This is a great suggestion. And what's the best way to contact you? Um, the best way to contact me is always through LinkedIn. I'm very, very active there. Just find me, lab first name, last name, so Uku Tomikas. Um, you can always find me there. Hit me up, especially if you have any questions about how to use business messaging, what are like prices for specific markets, how I go about business and how I go about client communication. If you have any specific questions or even general questions, uh, find me there, talk to me. That's the best way to get in contact with me personally. Thank you. And how to find Mesente? Mesente is quite simple to find as well. Mesente.com. You can sign up, create yourself a free account, start sending messages. And uh, yeah, you'll have all of the contact details from the actual account itself. Signing up is free. So just try it out, send some messages and see how it works for you. Thank you very much. And now we are coming to the last questions. Is Uku's golden nugget, it's something that we discussed or something new that you would like to leave to the audience? So I think the golden nugget, the most important thing is use client communication, use business messaging in your customer communication if you're not using it so far, because if you're not using it, you're missing out on the open rate, the reach, the cost per click, the click-through rates, et cetera, the stats that are massive for that particular channel that can have such a large impact on your business. Use it, try it. Don't be afraid of it. People expect you to be able to message them. Thank you very much, Uku. Please stay with me and to the audience for today. It's everything. I hope that you enjoyed this discussion. If you have any feedback, please let us know. Contact Uku for any questions. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Goodbye. If you enjoyed this episode, please share the word of mouth. Subscribe it. Share it. Until the next episode, please don't forget, we are not in a B2B or B2C business, we are in a human-to-human -human environment. Thank you!